Paratruth Radio is a proud member of Evergreen Podcasts on KillerPodcast.com. Hey, Paratruthers. This week's episode is brought to you by our patrons over on Patreon.com forward slash Paratruth. With their help, we are continuing to bring amazing new content to our listeners every week. So if you feel the urge to donate, head on over to Patreon.com forward slash Paratruth where you can just donate only a dollar and get some amazing rewards for your donation. Again, that's paratruthradio.com forward slash paratruth. Go check it out. Christian and non-Christian paranormal investigators. They have two different views. And it seems as if neither of them can ever agree on anything. So what happens when a mutual view of the paranormal comes to pass with the Christian view? What's up, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to a brand new episode of Paratruth Radio. My name is Eric. And I'm Justin. And today we are talking about a very suspicious phenomena, something known as remote viewing, which is really an interesting topic, um, as it's very similar to a couple of other things as well. Uh, one in particular is clairvoyance, uh, and actually they're very similar. But nonetheless, this is something that is mostly known as a pseudoscience. We've talked about pseudosciences in the past. Uh, and remote viewing is basically psychic ability. So just a little tidbit as to what exactly remote viewing is. Uh, it's basically the practice of seeking impressions about a distant or unseen target, uh, usually, typically using the extrasensory perception uh, or senses of the mind. Some would call it the, the third eye or the mind's eye. Uh, and this is significantly different because I believe, and you can correct me if I'm wrong here, Justin, but clairvoyance is more so uh, the I, the ability to learn events that are going to happen in the future. Um, yeah, clairvoyance is more of of kind of like psychic reading, where. <clears throat> um, Remote viewing, remote viewing is more like um, seeing someone in real time, kind of like what I'm doing with you right now on Skype. I'm seeing you in real time, real time. but I'm using my right. mind's eye to do it. Right. Okay, that's what I thought, uh, which is really interesting. And this is something that has been tested for a number of years, but in particular it was really uh, significantly tested in the 1970s, uh, which was... Uh, was it called? Funded by and sponsored by the U.S. government. Oh, we'll imagine that. Yeah, right? So, <clears throat> the one thing that really popularized remote viewing uh, was the declassification of uh, a couple of different documents which related, which were related to something known as the Stargate Project. Which I don't know, have we talked about the Stargate Project in the past? Not that I'm aware of. Okay, so the Stargate Project was a code name for a secret U.S. Army unit established in 1978 at Fort Meade, uh, Maryland. 
by the Defense Intelligence Agency and SRI International to investigate the potential for psychic phenomena in military and domestic intelligence applications. Um, and we know, like, we've talked about it in the past, the whole idea of the U.S. government using a number of different tests and uh, doing these really weird projects where they're testing uh, psychic abilities and then also beyond that, uh, extraterrestrial abilities and whether or not aliens exist and messing with mm. different technologies and things like that. That's all happened, you know, between the 50s and early 80s uh, before it all kind of just started to die down. Of course, who knows what else they're testing currently. I'm sure they're testing all kinds of new stuff, but... Well, I mean, uh, look at MKUltra. I mean, a lot of the MKUltra and all of those other uh, uh, projects that were using drugs and that sort of thing were kind of in that same concept of trying to see what the mind would do under these stresses, as well as, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, to try and test uh, psychic and, uh, I don't know what you call them, mind powers or whatever. Yeah, it's like the men who stare at goats. Right, and I, I, I believe, know. wasn't remote viewing a part of that project? Uh, it was, yeah. If I'm not mistaken, I remember reading through something. Yeah. Uh, gosh, I can't remember what document that was, but it was a while ago. Um, but yeah, so as you said, remote viewing is basically uh, a way in which the viewer is trying to uh, achieve information about an object, an event, or a person, or a location that is hidden from physical view and usually separated from a significant, or at a significant dif- uh, gosh dang, distance. Um, and these are typically things where they would test people to see if they can see things overseas happening, like certain missions, uh, what do they call them? Bar- not barges. Like missile silos and things like that, you know, see where they can find, pick up on this stuff and hopefully get enough evidence so they can destroy it. However, even though there were a number of different experiments being done, uh, historically, there was never any proper controls that were repeatable. Um, they, they were always done in a controlled environment. They were always taking very careful care of how they were going to go about testing the subjects during the clairvoyance or the uh, remote viewing. But in the end, they just couldn't repeat it. It just they would have an event. It'd be like, this is really cool. It's working, but then they couldn't repeat it. And so you start to wonder, maybe it's more of a coincidence at that point. They're not really seeing into the future. Uh, but this whole remote viewing thing goes hand in hand with not just psychic ability, but mediumship too. Because when you think about it, Justin, there have been a number of cases uh, in which mediums have been called upon to find serial killers. Mm-hmm. Uh, or you or- know, during... Bodies of victims, bodies and things like that, and have been some, in some cases, have been successful to some extent. Uh, And it's the same thing; it's very similar to remote viewing because they're looking uh, beyond the current space and time to try to see where somebody is or where something is that will connect and lead uh, the police to the person or to the body or whatever. The study of this particular phenomena. was done by major scientists, that was done by major scientists, was in about the mid-19th century. 
and early researchers included Michael Faraday, Alfred Russell Wallace, uh, Rufus Osgood, Mason, and uh, William Crooks. Um, and they all have in very controlled focused tests uh, or tests on specific individuals who are thought to be physically gifted. Uh, reports of apparently successful tests, I guess, uh, were met with very much criticism from the scientific community because, again, in regards to science and the whole new agey hmm. kind of thing, they just don't really mix. You know, you can't scientifically explain clairvoyance or God or I'll whatever, anything spiritual in nature, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but nonetheless, in the 1930s, J.B. Ryan expanded the study of paranormal performance in the larger populations by using standard experimental protocols with unselected human object, uh, subjects. Uh, but as with earlier studies, Ryan was very reluctant to publicize his work uh, too early because of the fear of the criticism that mainstream scientists held against this particular view and understanding of the pseudoscience. Uh, nonetheless, in the end, by the 1960s or so, there just wasn't enough information to prove remote viewing, and so was officially labeled a pseudoscience for that reason, because, again, it was not able to be scientifically proven or disproven. Therefore, as we know, that kind of stuff is immediately a pseudoscience, something that isn't necessarily a science, uh, something that isn't necessarily fact, but yet is still capable of being uh, experimented in controlled fashion. Yeah, and um, say, just like you were saying with with psychic uh, mediums and all that, none of this is is scientifically scientifically proven because it's it's hard to determine what the real reason is because, like, yeah, it it could be that psychics are are all fraudulent and. Um, Fakes, or it could be that not even mediums and psychics know how it really works. So, mm-hmm. one thing that I found very interesting was doing the research. I actually came across the International Remote Viewing Association. Okay, and um, apparently they do conferences for this. I, I don't know if it's for. Yeah, it looks like for specifically uh, remote viewing, and it I, I guess it could probably go into other conferences as well. But um, it was it's kind of interesting that there's a lot of people that either believe in, in this phenomenon or believe that they can do it mm-hmm. as well. Um, well, one thing that's very interesting about remote viewing, and it's very similar to uh, clairvoyancy, um, is that as opposed to, well, now you might disagree with me on this, but I know there's a mix of views about it. Uh, but let's talk about mediumship real quick, because there are some people who believe that mediumship is a gift, something that some people uh, happen to have from birth. But there are others who believe that mediumship is something that can be uh, created within oneself that you can take on the gift. 
uh, and manipulate it and use it and strengthen it, things like that. Uh, I forget where you stand amongst that. Um, um, I believe that, that we all have that capacity, but I don't think we all have the ability just okay. because so, of the different things that people can do or claim to do and how much the, how little of the brain we actually use. So unlike, the, unlike that, uh, it is believed that remote viewing is one of those things that can be achieved by anyone if their mind is trained. Okay. Uh, which is what a lot of these experiments were doing in, in part, was seeing if they can, you know, well, seeing if they can prove, but also seeing if they can actually teach their uh, oh. military okay. to all basically be able to, to, to take on this ability. Um, because let's face it, if you can know by your own mind where your enemies are, it's going to make warfare a whole lot easier. Um, but yeah, so this is one of those where they think everybody had the ability to, the mind is just simply trained. And not only trained, but that you can then strengthen it from there. Um, yeah, I mean, there again, are those that believe that mediumship is the same way. And like I said, I, I feel that we all have the capacity, but not everybody has the ability to do it. Or if if you say everybody is able to do it, if you're not pursuing it, your brain kind of shuts that off. Just like I'm mm-hmm. sure probably they're saying with remote viewing is where that is kind of coming from. Mm-hmm. So one thing that I'm coming across here in the research is uh, according to this IRVA, the International Remote Viewing Association, is... Proper remote viewing is done within a strict science-based protocol. As mentioned, the remote viewer is kept unwitting of either the nature or identity of the target until the session is completed, uh, except in training situations. The monitor is also unwitting, and external clues or data about the target are carefully excluded. And it's interesting that they put it to a science-based protocol, but yet cannot recreate a a um, proper scientific conclusion every time because I guess that I guess that's probably where that comes in is if they could recreate it every time then there would be viable proof to say it in in science that hey this is a thing right absolutely uh, and that's what we're seeing is that there just wasn't enough uh, positive results from the controlled experiments and conditions. Uh, I mean, the majority of the things that have been successful under science, the experiments that have been successful under science, they're able to, re- to replicate results over and over and over again. Right. Uh, so when you can't replicate the results, maybe you can replicate it once or twice, but if it's not consistent, then you're no longer really, uh, can successfully say that it's, that it's true. I believe you know what in, I'm saying? The, in the science, uh, science uh, protocols, there's a specific number you have to be able to replicate the same result every time in order for it to, for them to say, okay, there must be something to this. Mm-hmm. So it, and unfortunately, I mean, that kind of falls along the same lines of a lot of psi or parapsychological phenomenon. Um, is it's very hard to replicate the same results every time. 
Right. Um, I mean, you, you had mentioned clairvoyance, but uh, one of the other ones that's kind of commonly known is telepathy, being able mm-hmm. to speak to one another without moving your lips. And um, I don't know, I, I, didn't, I didn't do research on that for this specific show because we were uh, concentrating on the remote viewing, but I, I wonder if there have been experiments for telepathy as well. I'm sure there have been, but... Um, oh yeah, I'm, I'm positive there have been. Uh, but uh, I don't, I don't know with telepathy, but spe- specifically if they've ever had many repeatable occurrences or not. <clears throat> well, I mean, considering like nowadays when we look into telepathy and we talk to people about telepathy, it too is most commonly referred to as a pseudoscience. Uh, it's not mainstream. It's it's not something that is widely accepted. Right. Which, as far as I'm concerned, would significantly suggest that there weren't repeatable results for that either in the scientific community. Uh, I feel like anything that's going to be basically anything today that we see in a scientific nature, whether paranormal or otherwise, uh, that's condoned by the people of the world as a mainstream view. Those are the things that seem to be scientifically proven to some extent. Um, so all this other stuff, like the majority of the things you and I talk about on a weekly basis are all pseudosciences, oh, yeah. when, at least when it comes to you know this type of stuff. Um, well, I mean, even look at cryptozoology, uh, ufology, even though there are people saying that ufology is becoming more scientifically proven, which I honestly don't know about that part, but... Um. Uh, yeah, a lot of the stuff we talk about is not scientifically proven. I mean, look at Christianity and God. <laughs> That's not scientifically proven, even though there are some quantum scientists out there saying that it it is more feasible. But th- that's the one thing about like parapsychology and quantum physics. That's kind of like the redheaded stepchild of the scientific community. They try and shun it as much as possible until they can't anymore. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, the thing is, when it comes to, like, the idea of science supporting God, you said, like, there are some out there who claim that there's, there's, uh, more links, I guess, it, yeah. more proof of it. And we're looking, we're, we're not just saying more proof of it as in, oh, this exists, therefore that exists, but it's, there's simple evidence that supports the idea of mm-hmm. a creator. Right. Uh, that is beyond our world. Uh, so obviously, yes, there, but what? Science, majority of secular scientists, they don't want the evidence that supports something. They want the evidence that proves something. Right. And the fact is, you're never going to prove it. And even in the Bible, it says that you're never going to be able to prove it, which only, in my opinion, strengthens the proof of the evidence that suggests that there's a creator. But I mean, People are going to look at that all completely differently, and I know that. Um, well, I, 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 from a scientific standpoint, I can see how if it's not provable, they can't believe it. But at the same time, I mean, quantum physicists are saying, I mean, this thing that we call life is so complex that it there's no way that it's just a random chance that things happen. So right. I, I think well, that quantum physicists have a much higher understanding of, or they're kind of closer to both areas, the the religious or, or pseudoscience side 
and the science mm-hmm. side. So, absolutely, absolutely. And I mean, if this goes back to the evolution thing because everything, if everything, organism, then we should have evidence and quote unquote proof of such such evolution by like within the fossil records. Like we should be able to see a part human part lizard or something. We should see those those mixes. They should be there, but they're not. Which is actually very interesting to me because why is it that when it comes to God, there's just not enough evidence to prove God. But when it comes to evolution, no matter what, despite the lack of evidence, there seems to be evidence to prove evolution, despite the fact that there isn't any. Like, it just doesn't make any sense to me. These are people who are just so, like, uptight about their own belief that they don't want to be wrong and they're going to manipulate information. And they really, they contradict themselves, is what they're doing. Well, the one thing that I find funny about evolution, which I I do see in science that we are somehow related to apes or um, whatever, but it's like we're looking for the missing link, but every time we find the quote-unquote missing link, it's not the missing link. There's more to it <laughs> than right. that. And if evolution was true, then why do we still have monkeys? Exactly. And beyond that, if, if we came from monkeys... Why is it that we are more closely, our anatomy is more closely, uh, relatable to a pig? Right. I mean, then that just screws everything up. Because we should have all come from pigs if that's the case. Not monkeys or, or apes or whatever. It's almost like God said, okay, I'm gonna take the pig heart, put it here, take the mo- monkey body and brain, put it here, and kinda mixed and matched the human compared. It, Cause animals came first, right? Man came after? Yeah. Yeah. So it's, yeah, you, that's a pretty good concept is like, why are, why are we so matched to so many different things, but yet we evolved from monkeys? All right, folks, I think this is a good place for us to take a break. Uh, you've been listening to Paratruth Radio right here at paratruthradio.com, as well as the many other areas you can find us. Uh, we will be right back after this break with Paratruth Radio. This episode is brought to you by Audible.com. If you like listening to beautiful voices like ours instead of reading words, then head on over to Audible where you can get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com forward slash paratruth where you can choose from over 180,000 titles for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Hi, I'm Emma. And I'm Joe. And And we're we're the the Professional Professional Book Book Nerds. Nerds. Two Mondays a month, we interview authors and talk about their upcoming books, what drives them, and their go-to order at the cafe. On Thursdays, we share recommendations and dive into topics readers face, like how do I actually read the books on my to-be-read list? You can find the Professional Book Nerds podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Want to learn more about us? Our website is professionalbooknerds.com, and you can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at ProBookNerds. We hope you'll come and listen, and as always, happy happy reading. reading! What's up, everybody, and welcome back to Paratruth Radio. My name is Eric. And I'm Justin. 
and we have been discussing the quote-unquote pseudoscience known as remote viewing. Uh, we've discussed a number of different things regarding the scientific experiments that have set out to prove but only seem to disprove the existence of remote viewing uh, and have discussed a number of other things such as the uh, two different sides of remote viewing, you know, what remote viewing is, where it comes from, the history of remote viewing, and the possibility of how one can become a remote viewer. Hmm. Uh Rosemary Ann Gilly said that remote viewing, and this is something we talked about a little bit, but she said it was mostly very much like clairvoyance or as an out-of-body experience and or using the mind's eye, which is very interesting to me, the whole out-of-body experience, because now we're taking another drastic turn to another pseudoscience. Um, But nonetheless, we start to see that remote viewing is starting to become very similar uh, with a number of other of these uh, sciences that we've been talking about over the last couple of years. And it's interesting to see how closely related everything actually is in the paranormal world. Yeah. And I mean, one thing that I wanted to touch base on is uh, scrying. And uh, if people don't know what scrying is, if, you've ever seen the typical uh, fortune teller with the crystal ball, them looking into the crystal ball to tell your future is scrying. But uh, scrying goes a little bit further where supposedly you can see past, present, and future if you're scrying compared to like remote viewing where it's specifically what you would call real-time uh, viewing or... Uh, clairvoyance, which is seeing into the future. Uh, and it kind of works where you can use a mirror or, or any type of reflective surface or even just a clear crystal ball. And it's kind of interesting that it is similar in a sense to, like we were, Eric was just saying to, other things like remote viewing, but it's still kind of separate. Um, and nowhere in my research does it say like where, where, how you can do get this ability or like Eric was saying that, uh, remote viewing is anybody can learn where we were talking about mediumship. And there are some people that say you're born that way. Others, say that you can learn it where I'm kind of smack dab in the middle where I, I say, yeah, we all have that capacity, but not the ability. Um, scrying, I think is kind of a learned thing as well from what I'm understanding. And, um, it's just funny to look at it because a lot of the stuff that I come across is the, the crystal balls. And I always think of, the gypsy woman, like mm-hmm. over the crystal ball, looking at at uh, looking into the future, or whatever she's supposed to be doing. So, um, yeah. one thing that uh, I did have a question for you is like, in in your opinion, since we're getting close to the end of the show, like, do you feel that these abilities are 
any more tangible than somebody who says they're a medium and can talk to spirits? Uh, like believable. Is it believable that yeah. we can do that? Okay. Um, you know, I, I mean, honestly, I, there's so much that wants to say yes, you know, cause like there are these weird instances where like even I was like deja vu, for example, let's talk about deja vu for a moment mm-hmm. because deja vu is one of those really weird things. Now there's a scientific explanation to deja vu. I don't necessarily believe the scientific explanation. Uh, and here's the reason. So the deja vu is basically uh, a moment in time where you see something and you could have sworn you've seen that before. Mm-hmm. It like triggers a memory. Scientifically, they say that that's not real. All it is is the mind catching up and trying to process information uh, as you see it. So basically what happens is you see the object very clearly, you know it, but the mind doesn't process, process it until later, and then boom, you feel like you've seen it before. But you've actually only seen it just a few milliseconds beforehand, you just took your mind that long to process it for some reason. Does that make sense? Is that coming off right weird to you? Um, yeah, I get what you're saying, but then why wouldn't everything be deja vu? <laughs> well, it's it's a weird trigger within the mind. It's the neurons or whatever that are not firing properly at that exact moment. Uh, okay. So that's where the deja vu supposedly comes up from, scientifically wise. This, this is why I don't believe it, though. I believe that it's a nation. Is because there have been a few times where I have had deja vu and immediately I can predict the future. And not like far future, but I can predict what's going to happen within the next few seconds to a minute. Mm-hmm. And it's happened. I've, and you know, I predict it and it happens and I'm like, there it is because what is it? I don't know. Like it was a dream. It was something I don't, I mean, we don't know. We don't never remember where we saw it before. We just know that we've seen it. We feel like we did, Mm. but being able to predict the future to some extent afterwards, that's really interesting to me. And so people would, you know, we know, we know people within the pseudoscience community that would say, well, in that case, you're a such and such, you know, whatever the ability is. Well, I don't believe that either, but I believe that there are abilities through the spirit or through something that allows the mind to see glimpses here and there for one reason or another. Who knows? There's real no explanation for it. It's just a very interesting, weird thing that happens. Well, when when you had that happen, was it anything significant that that you predicted? No, or? no it's never significant. It's never, ever significant. Uh, it'll be like whatever the deja vu is, I can then in a sense, foretell what somebody's going to say next or foretell what somebody's going to do or, you know, some what's going to happen, not in a grand scheme type of way, but just within those few seconds of the moment. Um, so I'm trying to remember one, and it's, it's I'm not getting it exactly, but there was one time where I had the deja vu experience, and then I thought, Erin is going to turn here and say such and such. And then she turned and said such and such. As a boom, just like the dream, that's what I'm assuming it was that I had so who knows how long ago. And that's it. It's nothing important. It's nothing that's like mind-blowing or it's going to change my future or anything like that. It's just little things. Like, I've seen it before, you know? 
Well, it, when it comes it. to something like that, I mean, science would say that you just kind of have the ability to observe and predict behaviors if it's with a person, anyways, compared yeah, to like right. an event. Mm-hmm. No, you're absolutely right. I mean, science is always going to have an explanation of some sort. <laughs> but, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. It's hard to say, you know? I mean, it's one of those where there's no words for it. <laughs> well, and um, I want to say I remember something in the Bible about the secret mystery schools. Am I right on that? Secret mystery schools? Yeah. I, like them being bad or something like that? Uh, well, I don't know what you're talking about, secret mystery schools. I mean, yeah. I've never heard of the word school in the Bible. Um, um, maybe I'm just not I'm just remembering something wrong, but I like. No, you know what does say to beware of the mysterious teachings of those who are diviners and spiritists. Maybe that's what I'm thinking of. Things like that. Um, I mean, the secret mystery schools is is what they called these schools back in, like, ancient Egypt and that sort of thing that taught these particular practices, like scrying. Um, uh, there's, there's, like, a specific set of things that they would teach. But anyways... Um, I think that's maybe that's where I'm thinking of is that passage because it's kind of that same concept pretty much mm-hmm. is they're teaching these these different uh, abilities or whatever. Um, and I don't know. I mean, like for your particular uh, instance, I mean, you haven't sought the stuff out to learn how to do it or anything. So how would you be able to? Predict stuff with a, a, a sense of deja vu. I guess I'm just awesome. <laughs> well, I, I would agree you are awesome. I I think that's true. But um, yeah, and well, and that's kind of why I asked about it because I I remembered somewhat of that passage or or whatever because the Bible talks about it in a sense. Um, but like I said, you didn't learn it from anybody. So like, and it's nothing significant to where like you could stop something from happening. So why, yeah. why would you be shown that? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. So scrying is actually something that has been in folklore quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this goes back to like, you know, especially for Halloween and stuff like that. And one of the most uh, probably significant scrying type things that you and I have done as kids is the, uh, the Bloody Mary thing. Mm. You know, you look into a mirror, it's dark, you have a single candle with you, and you say Bloody Mary three times or Candyman three times, and apparently a witch or some type of ghost is supposed to appear to you. Um, that in of itself is supposedly a type of scrying, which allows you an easy escape. Hmm. You summon something, and then if you get too scared, you have to turn on the light, and it poof, it's gone. That's it. Uh, but beyond that, much earlier, uh, there were a number of that uh, allowed 
a woman to do something very similar in order to catch a glimpse of her future husband. It was this weird, like, tail on the Bloody Mary thing, which encouraged young women to walk up a flight of stairs backwards, holding a candle and a mirror uh, in a dark house. Then, as they gazed into the mirror, they were supposed to see their a glimpse of their future husband's face, or they would see the skull face of the Grim Reaper, which would indicate that they were destined to die before they were married. Hmm. So, and like you said earlier, you know, mirrors are one of those things that seem to have some type of uh, paranormal or magical property behind them. Mm. Their beliefs that ghosts can be trapped within mirrors. There are residual hauntings uh, surrounded that are uh, surround mirrors. Right. There's some uh, cultures even, that will cover the mirror so that the spirit leaves and doesn't see himself in the mirror and stay. Right. Exactly. Um, there is same with water. There's belief that if you were to look into your reflection long enough in water, you'd be able to see things. Uh, so pretty much anything that has a reflection to it, right. Minus the crystal ball, which doesn't have a great reflection. I think that's more so whatever you're looking into. Right. But typically, uh, it seems to me that scrying has to deal with reflections, uh, and really just focusing on whatever it is. And in many cases, just focusing on yourself. Yeah. Which is really weird if you've ever done it. Like looking yourself in the eye for an awkward amount of time is really weird. Like, like I can't even look at myself in the mirror for long periods of time because it freaks me out. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. Um, so anyway, just a couple little things I wanted to, to go out throughout there, but, uh, we also just kind of see scrying actually in the Snow White tale. Mirror, mirror on the wall. Right. Who's the fairest of them all? I mean, that's scrying. Uh, so we do see some of these things in folklore, both modern and otherwise, uh, which is really interesting because we don't really think of that whole mirror, mirror thing until now. Right. <laughs> it's like, oh, wait, that's crying. Okay. Right. Well, even for the uh, Bloody Mary thing, I mean, I from everything that I came across, I didn't see anything where you can summon spirits with scrying, but that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So... Um, yeah, I, I would, I guess it just depends on what, what you're doing in that. Well, I guess it instance. depends on what you're doing in that instance. Um, in regards to the scientific reception, uh, there was a psychologist by the name of Leonard Zuzan, uh, I think it's, I'm sorry if I'm pronouncing that wrong. Uh, but he suggested that scrying is actually like the image that you see are actually just hallucinations uh, that allow you to see things that aren't really there. So in this case, when you're thinking Bloody Mary, if you go in to a bathroom or wherever that's dark and have a candle and you're, you have the idea of seeing an image of Bloody Mary on your mind already, then when you're looking into the mirror, there's a chance that you might see Bloody Mary. Right. Right. A, lot of, a lot of people say it's the reflection of your own face that distorts right. because you're trying yeah. to see something. Right. And like, think about, um, you and I, this is what you and I, for example, there's an investigation that we did at Rockefeller Center many years ago. And there was a picture that we caught. Now we were looking through pictures trying to find stuff, right? So on our minds, we're thinking, we're going to find something. We need to find something. It has to be something here because we experienced stuff, right? Yeah. And what did we happen to catch? 
in a dark room that was, we could only see through the crack of a door, a weird, like, steel door <laughs> that had a chair sitting in the middle. Do you know what I'm talking about? You know where I'm going with this? Yeah, yeah. What did we see? What did we see before we actually realized what we were actually seeing? <laughs> we thought we saw a skull face, almost like a Grim Reaper type mm-hmm. being. With yeah. a hood. Yeah. With a hood. And that's what we saw. We took it to... Uh, to the people, uh, the, the clients showed them and they saw the same thing, right? Mm-hmm. And it was unbelievable. Right? Yep. I blew the thing up like crazy amounts of time, like in just ridiculous amount. And I forget why I did it and how I did it because I don't know if the computer originally had the ability to do so, but I blew it up and what was it? You had found out that there, I guess there was a tree in the- yeah, a plant of some kind. It was a it was a darn tree, and we all thought it was some type of grim <laughs> reaper hooded figure. And it's like our minds immediately jumped to, oh my gosh, we caught a hooded ghost because that's what we wanted to see. Right. When in reality, because then once you pull away after realizing, knowing it's oh it's a tree, we pull away and even from a far distance, it looks like a tree now. So it, it, it's really interesting to think of like what your mind is capable of doing uh, in the terms of manipulating evidence mm. or whatever it is you might be seeing. So, and I, I believe you had also messed with the different color spectrums as I well. Did. Yeah, to, I did. to actually come up with that answer. Yeah. So it's. Just a little little teaching time for everybody, <laughs> teacher time. If you're going to find evidence, if you find evidence and you're going to give it to somebody, make sure you go beyond your normal, uh, the normal colors of your photo. Go ahead and get into the black and whites, get into your negatives, get into uh, your reds and greens. Allow yourself to see the photo in every single color you can and spectrum you can. Find out that there's something very much different about that picture than what you originally thought. Uh, and this is how Justin and I have debunked photos sent to us uh, over the years um, or have helped prove the evidence of spirits over the years mm-hmm. through photos. Because you and I have had people send us photographs, and I've been able to take them and change the configuration of it through colors, using negatives and using the white balance, right. uh, using shadowing to reveal something that is vastly different from what was originally given to us. Um, and it's really great. It's a great thing. So make sure you do that. Uh, I like to chop it all up to, to research, you know, I mean, do your research and make sure you do what you can to try to disprove something before you allow yourself to believe in the proof of something. Well, and I believe that was before the Jeffrey Dahmer house, right? Uh, yeah. And then we had somebody who had manipulated a picture so much to say that uh. there was a, portal in the mirror. Yeah, yeah. And that wasn't even, was that it? That wasn't at the Dahmer house. That was at um... Yeah, that was at the Dahmer house. Are you sure? I'm positive. Because I'm thinking of, I'm thinking of the bar that we went to. Nope. No, no, no. Um, but, but that was manipulation too. What picture Remember, are you thinking of? He, he took a picture at the bar that showed light streaks across the frame and he started oh. showing it evidence to the clients before telling us and before the reveal, before we can go over anything? Yeah, that that was 
that was he had manipulated his camera to the shutter speed was different or something and yeah it was catching every light source or whatever and creating streaks yeah I, um the mirror was at Jeffrey Dahmer's house cuz he had taken a picture and in the like upper right quadrant of the picture, in the living room yeah was a mirror and mirror in the living room. he had manipulated it so much that it had these weird effects on the the picture to where it looked like it the mirror was shimmering and everything else and uh he said oh yeah there's a portal there well uh, a flash will create that effect and and if you manipulate it enough of course it'll look like there's a portal there so yeah i remember now <laughs> little just a little describing there yeah <laughs> ghost hunting 101 guys <laughs> we should do a show just on ghost hunting 101 there you go Maybe maybe next season we'll do a uh, a series of ghost hunting uh, one hundred and one because at this point we should we should tell people okay don't make the same mistakes we did <laughs> <laughs> and that goes along with hiring certain individuals right. on your crew right like there should seriously be a significant like multi page uh, <laughs> flyer or something that people have to fill out before they like. Get like doctors know everything. Like get a doctor to sign off on it because you don't know who you're bringing on your team. Okay, and it will screw your evidence so bad. Take the psychological exam to a psychiatrist. Have them sign off on it. <laughs> <laughs> all right, folks. <laughs> I think that's all we got on uh, remote viewing and scrying. So, um, any other comments, concerns, anything like that? No, I don't think so. Uh, I think everything is covered and had fun doing it. All right. All right, folks. Uh, make sure you are checking out all the areas that we are on. Um, we're on multiple podcasters, but we're also on TMV Cafe, Conflict Radio, Fringe Radio Network, and uh, Paranormal UK Radio Network as well. Uh, so give those places a visit. All of them have great shows on as well as our own. And... Uh, Check out paratruthradio.com where you will find the link for the Patreon account as well as the different Paris swag we have on our T Public page. So until next week, folks, where you'll find us same time, same channel. My name is Justin. And I'm Eric. Peace.
Hi, this is comedian and writer, and let's be honest, I do a lot of things. This is Dean Archipotas, the host of Whiskey Business, the podcast not so much about whiskey as it is one with whiskey. Yes, we drink and talk about whiskey, but we do so much more with so many interesting people. For example, we talk to comedians like Greg Warren. You know, I don't want to brag, but let's just say I can walk into a Red Lobster and get whatever. You know, I think the pause right there is probably more important than the word. Amazing athletes like boxing champion Buster Douglas. When a fighter's down and he's looking for his mouthpiece instead of trying to get up. That's when I knew it was over. Yeah, yeah. right? And, yes, Bigfoot chasers. Do you believe in Bigfoot? And if so, does he really eat beef jerky? <laughs> the Bigfoot thing is people have seen these, and, and I've seen a lot of compelling evidence about it. It's Whiskey Business with Dino Chipotas. Join us for what we call a good conversation with a good pour. You really can't ask for much more than that, can you, people? Check us out at whiskeybusinesspod.com, a proud member of the Evergreen Podcast Network.